0: Welcome to the Inevitable You podcast featuring William Sumner, creator of the Inevitable You coaching system, which focuses on personal power and potential. It is a unique blend of the latest in neurosciences and new age ideas and philosophies, and it is designed to help you discover your greatness. On today's show, William will be talking about how and why people change and why change is not a process like most people believe. He will also discuss the psychology behind success and will teach you useful strategies you can start using today. Let me introduce you to William.
1: A lot of people, when you first talk to them, I like to ask this question. Do you think change is a process? So think that question, feel that question. Do I think change is a process? Well, most people will say, uh, yeah, uh, I do. I think it is a process. But here's the fact of the matter, and I want you to think about this. Change is not a process. Change happens instantly, and here's how it happens. You either stop doing something you no longer want to do, and there's a clear stop point, you never do it again. Or you start doing something that you do want to do. So these brilliant scientists in the late 70s, uh, John Grinder and Ken Bandler, developed the science. They were looking at overachievers and successful people. This is where NLP um, comes into play, and they developed the science. And in studying overachievers, they looked at how people changed. And what they discovered was there's this very definitive point where they Stop doing something or start doing something. Now, there could be a very long process leading into it, and sometimes there's a long process out. Some people quit smoking. They might quit smoking for a year. Did they have a stop point? No, they had a pause. If you say somebody quit for a year, that generally means they went back to smoking. So they never stopped. They put it on pause. They still ran the program. And think of the moms are amazing at this. The mom who says, I can't, I can't quit. I I, I will quit in my future, but I I can't quit. I can't quit. She comes up pregnant. Man, what does she never do for the next nine months? She has no problem at changing that behavior when the leverage is large enough. And that's the intensity of the change process that we mentioned earlier. So in this space of studying why people changed and looking at the mechanics of starting or stopping something, They decided that this program and the way people change, they really codified it, created the mechanics of it, and you'll discover people who create pain and misery and challenge for themselves use the exact same mechanics as the people who are very successful and create a lot of love and joy and abundance of life for themselves. We have a change process that's working in the mind. It's got feelings that are... attached to it and things that we are thinking about, one of the biggest problems that people have as they begin to experience these types of technologies is they'll they'll be exposed to the program and they'll think about the program and they'll read a book they'll go to my website, they'll come to the Thursday night seminar, get more information and they'll go wow this is this is great stuff. I really like listening to this stuff um, but they're thinking about it now. I said earlier in the very beginning of the show when we talked about the movie The Secret. The Secret has three steps for those of you that remember. Um, Ask for what you want, and we talked about that, not asking for what you don't want, because when you ask for what you don't want, you create more of that, and you now understand whether you believe in the New Age energy stuff or you now understand why the brain's thought patterns and neuropeptides are associated to the don't want, they're congruent. They both teach the same thing. Ask for what you want. The second thing is believe that you're going to get it. So this is a process that works for other people as well. Believe that you're going to get it. And people ask me all the time, so how do I believe that I'm going to get something? I, I want abundance. I want a great relationship. I want something that's going to work for me. I've Change. I now am pouring milk carefully, I'm succeeding in business. I'm I'm seeing that, but gosh, I'm running into these big fears, I'm running into these challenge points, I'm still running into the to the old patterns. I want to give you a little tip on how you believe something. I want to go into the emotional intensity that gets created. I'm going to give you kind of a common little thing that I love to do. People that have gone to a seminar, read a book, they come to see me, it's not working for them. They go, Bill, why is that? So I want you to think about this. I want you to picture this person answering this question. It might even be you some days. I say, okay, so the seminar talked about ABC. Are you practicing it? Oh, yeah, well, I did for a while. um, but, you know, yeah, kind of drifted away from it. Okay. So I will actually have, okay, show me you practicing. So I want you to put your imaginary cap on. I want you to sit there with me. And there's somebody going, okay, um, I'm focused on abundance or I'm focused on love or I'm focused on sales success. All right. Um, we're going to look at the emotional intensity that this person is creating in the moment that their neural patterns are focused. Because remember, I said repetition is one. Emotional intensity is the other. So the person is sitting there and they're focused on the successful sales call and they're going, okay, uh, there it is. Um, they're shaking my hands. It feels great. Oh, there I am. I'm winning the business. And they'll look at me and I ask them, what's your emotional intensity? Now, most people will say, generally say it's really high but you've already felt me on the radio and you can feel this person sitting in the chair. That is not emotional intensity. What that is, is a thought pattern that says, if I win the business over there, I'll be emotionally excited about it over there. The emotional excitement, the joy, the ecstasy is not in their body. They're not actually experiencing it. They're thinking it. Now, that person feels pretty good, though. They've done an exercise. They've spent 15 minutes uh, before they went into work that morning or at home in a quiet place or driving in their car. They've listened to uh, good music, and they will um, approach work, and they get into work, and they open up their email, and they look at the first email that comes in, and it's bad news. Now, I want you to feel the emotional intensity of this person. Ah, oh my God. Those people in Phoenix, they screwed this job up. Oh my God. I can't believe it. And your cube mate rolls out, What's the matter, Bill? These people in Phoenix, I can't believe it. I I gave them great instructions last week before I left. Why did they mess this up? And when you think of the emotional intensity of that moment, it is actually very high in a negative sense. Now, here's what your cube mate does. those people in Phoenix, they screwed me last week too. They're terrible down there. And the two cube mates begin commiserating on the challenge in life, the problem in life, the thing that's going on. And the emotional intensity is now high. So when we look at this person in some total of their day, they have spent a morning where they spent 15 minutes creating something that they thought of, that they focused on but they had no emotional attachment to it, no emotional intensity. They didn't really feel like. So, for example, when people are working on Wealth and Abundance with me and they're picturing the $10 million check from Ed McMahon and they're sitting there going, oh, there it is, Ed McMahon brought the check in. Like, no, if Ed McMahon brought the check in, you'd be jumping up and down, you'd be going crazy. If you really think your emotional attachment to winning this business leading the sales unit, creating and solving this challenge at work is is a high emotional intensity, do that.
0: I want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the Inevitable You podcast. If you are seeking additional information about what we have been talking about, please visit www.theinevitableyou.com.
1: Now, for the people that spend 15 minutes with no emotional intensity, now they spend their day focused on things that are challenging for themselves and having a little bit of problems with that, and now there's a day full of challenges and a day full of emotional attachments. At the end of the day, the balance of what's taken place in their neural patterns, and if you're a secret watcher, the energy patterns that they're in is really going to be totally upside down in the negative and... All their cube mates are going to have rewarded them and they would have had lunch with their girlfriend or, or guys will go have a beer at lunch and talk about how bad their jobs are. They'll spend more time in the negative neural patterns. You'll notice that successful winners and champions really don't do that. Whitney, I know you have uh, some experience with this on on emotional attachments.
0: Absolutely. When you were talking about the sales side of it, you know, I recognize now how unconscious I am, or have been in the past, with emails that I send out. Um, you know, every time you type an email up and you're going to send it to someone, there's a there's a part of you that needs to set a goal for yourself, set an outcome. Uh, my outcomes have been more or less, you know, connecting the dots, connecting people. Really, if I'm going to sell, I'm going to close.
1: Yeah, that's a great language catch there, Wit. Um, think about the people. There's a big difference in neural processes and patterns between salespeople and closers. Um most people when you talk to them about being salespeople and you ask them what their goals are today, they'll use words like that connect or I want to sell or Are you interested? Yeah, I have a good appointment. <laughs> You know, that kind of stuff. Closers, they never use that kind of language. They go, I want business. I want a signed contract. I want to win. And you'll discover that neural pattern takes place in uh, how you talk with your children, uh, how you speak in your relationships with your loved ones, whether it's arguments or supporting one another. Those intentions, those neural patterns that you're choosing, whether they're focused on spilling milk or pouring milk carefully creating sales or creating closed deals is very, very different. Last thing that I want to cover today is I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a great expression Tony Robbins uses. I've done a lot of work for Tony over the years. He's a, he's a great guy. He uh, does neural programming very well. I learned uh, neural programming in my formative years working for Tony. Uh, he has a great expression. He says, the biggest reason. Why people don't have what they want is the story that they tell themselves as to why they don't have it. The biggest reason why people don't have what they want is the story they tell themselves as to why they don't have it. So let's think about this. Let's think about the salesperson or the a person that's seeking a relationship. And the neural patterns that they're using is uh, why I'm not winning business. Well, let me tell you why I don't win business. I My product isn't priced right or uh, the person, uh, I don't have the right territory or the, uh, the woman that's seeking a relationship. Well, I'll tell you why I don't have this relationship. It's because men are like this or because every man that I meet, they're either the good ones are all married. So, of course, in that neural pattern, they're not going to find a good man because the only men that they will find that are good, will be the married ones. So the new car that they bought and drove off the lot is not such a good car for them because the, <laughs> the the new car that they have, which is good men are always married, these are the repetitive neural patterns that we tell ourselves as to why we don't have something. So changing that is really about understanding the truth and understanding the neural pattern. So if you're in that sales job, and there's a top salesperson who has the same price points and maybe might have even moved from your territory, and one of the stories you're telling yourself is like, well, that person took all of the best customers. Um, you will discover that a, a champion will come in and take over a territory or someone who is very uh, skilled and good about relationships, which you're going to discover when you look at the mechanical processes about how they're thinking about it and how they're focused on it is really going to be in the stories that they tell themselves, which is really at the heart of the neural programming that's going to tell themselves. They're going to say, oh, I've got a great territory or, you know, this price point, yeah, it, it works for me because I can win with this price point because there will be the top 10% of the sales force. That's winning with that price point. There will be people that are in your neighborhood or in your circle of friends that they, they, they're the ones that say, gosh, I always seem to, you know, just I've guys fall out of the sky on me or girls fall out of the the sky on me. And somebody else is sitting there going like, well, I, I never have that happen.
0: Exactly. But right there, where is the, Where is their emotional intensity? It's on the positive. It's focused on the success. That's why it's working out for them.
1: Yes. And so in this place of stories versus truth, one of the most difficult challenges with is people that, um, when they're telling their story, their story is the truth. So maybe they had a terrible trauma. Maybe they were abused. Maybe their parents were, were really terrible parents. I mean, I don't think for a moment that there aren't Uh, some really bad parents out there. We know that they exist. Um, But we also see kids that come from terrible families and terrible parents succeed at a very high level. And we see kids who come from a very successful, loving, high esteem parents and they don't do so so well. And so trying to understand why that is will lie in the neural pattern and will lie in what we are uh, telling ourselves. And so the person that says, well, I'm not doing well because I've been traumatized or I'm not doing well because I've got this real significant challenge and it's truthful. That's still a story because you're enacting that part of your brain and you're enacting that part of your mind that's really about why you can't do it as opposed to why you can.
0: Exactly. And you have to ask yourself in those moments, how do I feel right now? Do I even feel good? And typically you don't feel good in those moments.
1: Yes. And when you, you set a great sentence right there for the listeners, ask a question. The problem with most people is that the questions that they ask themselves to get to this success point generally are not very good questions. They're questions like, why can't I do this? <laughs> or why can't I succeed at this? Or why does this always happen to me? Well, when you ask your brain, why does this always happen to me? What's your brain going to tell you? Well, it always happens to you because you're not too cool. You're not too good. You don't have good girl patterns. You're accessing the wrong part of me. When you ask yourself, how can I succeed or when things work for me, why is that? What can I do to make those things work even better for me? Those are the people that will get great answers because they ask a great question. One of the single biggest tools that you can use to change the quality of your life is to change the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Uh, and remember, you are inevitable. You are here to create the life that you're here to have. And there's not one person out there listening to this that that you're broken. Uh, you've been told your life you're broken. You're not broken. There's not, you know, one of the things I have real interesting dialogue and information is around alcoholism you know I love AA they're well-intentioned uh, they did great work in the in the last century but its last century technology one of the things you're gonna discover in neural pattern work is that people are not broken they're not alcoholics they have alcoholic strategies their brain is conditioned now they might have g- genetic predispositions and certainly some of them do but we know that genetic predisposition is not cause-and-effect because not every Person who has the gene is an alcoholic. Somewhere they learned to create alcohol as a strategy, and then somewhere they unlearned it. So they might be going around 12 years ago saying, I'm an alcoholic. There's no other place that you have successfully defeated a strategy 12 years ago and still identify it other than in that world. So focusing on those neural patterns, focusing on the life that you want. Focusing on creating the emotional intensity and putting it in joy and happiness and love and ecstasy is really going to create the life that you want for yourself.
0: Thank you for listening to the Inevitable You podcast. For more information on the psychology of success and how to create this for yourself, please visit our website at theinevitableyou.com. Please tune in next week for more great strategies for discovering your greatness.